Welcome to Parode. I, I just want you to know as we start that, that every single one of you is very important to our, our, our little church family here and in the big picture, you're very important uh, in, in God's kingdom. And if you are not a part of God's family, uh, there are angels waiting to celebrate another person being part of the family. And so uh, I hope that everyone here, if they haven't made that decision, will one day do that. Before I get into our topic uh, for today, I want to just briefly talk about what's been going on with the NFL this week and the kneeling during the national anthem. And I am not going to open a debate about this because there are very strong opinions on this. But, but I wanted to say something quickly. I believe that if all Christians would be focused on getting down on both knees in prayer, we wouldn't have to worry about who's kneeling during the national anthem. Okay, I think awesome things would happen. Um, people would be coming to Jesus. There would be revival in our country, and we couldn't fill all the people in our churches if we were willing to get down on both knees in prayer. So that's the kneeling that's really important. Amen? So I just want to mention that quickly. So treasures. That's our theme today. Uh, it seems that humans have have always been fascinated by treasures, finding hidden or, or buried treasures uh, from the time we're little, right? We, we love little treasures. We have our treasures that we like to keep. And, and uh, at our staff meeting this week, I asked everybody, what were some of their treasures as a kid? Uh, Katie had a teddy bear that uh, she still has and sleeps with every night. So, so you can give her a hard time about that. Uh, one of Jordan's treasures when he was really little was a, a baby stuffed Simba from The Lion King. Aww. <laughs> Isn't that special? Um, and then when he got a little older, one of his, his treasures was a stick. I'm not kidding. Not, not like a fancy stick, just a, a stick that he played with. And, and I immediately felt sad for his childhood. <laughs> Poor guy played with a stick. Monica had a special teddy bear that was at her grandma's house, and, and she would look forward to going to grandma's to play with that teddy bear. So something about teddy bears. Did you guys have teddy bears, anybody, that were a treasure when you were a kid? Yeah, quite a few of you. One of my favorite treasures as a child was a, a dirt bike that I had that was uh, red, white, and blue was the color, and I called it my Evil Knievel dirt bike. And I love that bike, and I, I would set up ramps and try to jump over them just like Evil Knievel. I would jump over things, and and uh, uh, it's a miracle, really. I didn't ever break a, a bone or something because I didn't always make it over my ramps, just like Evil Knievel broke a bunch of bones too, but I miss that bike. Maybe we should have a moment of silence for that bike. <laughs> I don't know what happened to that bike when I thought about it this week. Uh, also treasured my number 12 Roger Staubach jersey. Okay, and I'd, I'd wear that every time we'd play backyard football. I'd put my Roger Staubach jersey on, and, and I would pretend to be Roger Staubach. And, and um, so I, I think we never lost when I wore that jersey, I'm pretty sure. And then I had my, my baseball and football card collection, and I used to love getting packs of baseball cards tops baseball cards and they'd have a stick of bubble gum in it and you know I, I'd eat the bubble gum and it's good for about two minutes and it was good two minutes though but 
And so then I'd go through the cards and see, is there any card I don't have yet? Or is there any rookies in here? And, and it'd be an exciting moment. And so I still have some of those cards, but uh, I thought that I would do something tonight or today that I haven't done, and I figure about 35 years. So I got a pack of Topps baseball cards, went to the store, and uh, I looked at the the package here, and it says there's 12 cards, so I know there used to be more than that. There's $1.98 for this pack. I know they used to be like 50 cents, and but in the fine print here, it says packs with a, a special insert may only contain 5 to 10 cards. Like, come on, what is going on here? Okay, so you guys get to witness my first opening of pack of cards in 35 years. Kind of nervous. course no bubble gum anymore it's just not right Jose Ramirez Nick Castellanos Tony Kemp Josh Harrison come on Josh Donaldson oh there's a Royals Royals team card okay might be willing to trade that with somebody later Victor Martinez um, all-time all-star card, Edgar, Martin, Edgar Martinez. Okay, not a bad one. J.A. Happ from the Blue Jays. Ma Malik Smith and Jose Altuve. Danny Santana from the Twins. And that's it. No Cubs, man. All right. Got a card, or a Royals team card, though. So that, that wasn't as much fun as I remembered it. Okay. Kind of disappointed. So that that was one of my treasures. Um, I do still have some of my old cards, and they used to be worth some money. Uh, they the bottom kind of dropped out of the card market, um, but um, so most of my cards are pretty worthless now. When they were worth something, I sold two of my treasures. Uh, I sold a second year Nolan Ryan card and a fourth year Nolan Ryan card. I sold the second year card for $400 and the second year card, or the fourth year card for $250. And guess what I did with those? It helped me buy my ring for Holly. Oh. So I gave up my treasures for my marriage. I can't believe it. And it, it was totally worth it. Totally worth it. I knew I was going to get myself some in trouble with this one somehow. But so, but treasures. We love our treasures. There's shows on TV all about finding treasure, gold shows, Yukon Gold or Bering Sea Gold or um, Gold Rush Alaska. Uh, there's one called the, the Curse of Oak Island. Maybe you've seen that one that uh, supposedly legend has it several hundred years ago. There's a bunch of treasure brought to that island, possibly even the Ark of the Covenant. And so there's always conspiracy, you know, theories and everything. And, and uh, over uh, time, lots of people have lost their lives trying to find the treasure on that island. So that's why they call it the Curse of 
Oak Island, but, but were fascinated with treasure. I remember when I was, would go to the dentist when I was a little kid, and after you're done, you got to go pick out a toy out of the little treasure chest that the dentist had, and a, a little ring or a bouncy ball or some other you know, cheap toy. Uh, but it seemed like a great treasure at the time. I'm like, oh, yeah, I get to go get the tra- something out of the treasure chest. So, so why am I talking about treasure so much? So as, as we continue to work our way through the best sermon ever, the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to hear what Jesus says about treasure. And we're going to see what the, that we need to be really careful about what we treasure in this life. Okay, our passage is in, in Matthew 6, 19 through 24. Uh, reading today from the ESV, English Standard, Standard Version, says this, Matthew six nineteen, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he, he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. So here's the thing. Jesus is not against treasure. He's against the wrong kind of treasure, right? He's against earthly treasure that is eventually going to be destroyed. He said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. And you know, the longer I'm on this earth, the the more I realize the truth of what Jesus is saying here. That all this stuff, the things of this world, they are passing away. It doesn't matter at all. And and it's constantly deteriorating. The, The second law of thermodynamics supports this. You know, it describes the basic principles familiar in, in everyday life. It's, a, it's partially a, a law of decay. Uh, the ultimate cause of why everything falls apart and disintegrates over time. Material things are not eternal. Everything appears to change eventually, and, and chaos increases over time. Monica's parents are in the process of selling their house and, and the the stuff in it that they had lived in for over half a century. And with Monica's permission, I, I want to share an illustration that goes right along with what we're talking about today. Uh, last weekend, Brad was, was bringing down boxes from the attic in that house, and some of these boxes had probably been up there for over 50 years. And uh, they were so full of dust that they took them outside and got the leaf blower out and started trying to spray the, the dust off the boxes so they could get inside. And, and once they got inside, they, they found things destroyed. Mice had been in the boxes. They were, it had been wet maybe at times. The, the paper was brittle. And, and all these things that, that were considered special enough to pack into a box and put up in the attic, they're now not worth anything. They faded away. And that's what happens to everything here on this earth. In, in a fallen world, things gradually break down compared to eternity, things that last forever. Uh, I've used this illustration a couple times before, but I think it's a, a good reminder of the big picture. Um, it's my, call it the eternity rope. Alex, will you help me for a minute and just hold the 
go to the edge there and hold it up so yeah like about this high so pull pull in there there you go okay so think about this rope in, e in regards to eternity and let's say this way is eternity before there were people on this earth and and this way is later okay forever in the future and so if you look at human history we'll say that's the yellow tape it's a pretty pretty short amount of time compared to history right and then if this orange and this isn't right because it would be smaller than it actually but this orange represents our lives okay and you think about our lives and and we think, oh, man, things are so important. All these things I'm dealing with and what, what I have going on this week. And, and I'm so busy and I'm so stressed out. And, and we think, oh, man, my world is so crazy right now. But I want you to kind of think of things in regards to eternity. And, and in compared to eternity, this is just one little blip on the radar scheme. And so we need to keep a, a, a bigger focus, a bigger picture. We want, we're, we're aiming towards eternity, and the hope is that we're living in heaven with God forever. Okay, and, and, and everything we do now, we want to help lead towards that. Okay, if, if everything we do is just about little temporary things that aren't that important, it doesn't matter for eternity. We have to have a big picture, an eternity mindset. Okay, thanks, Alex. Like I said, I've done that a couple times, but I think sometimes we just got to remind ourselves of, of the big picture. Nothing in this life lasts forever. So starting in verse 19 again, it says, Do not lay up for your treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. So the, the reference here to thieves breaking in and, and stealing had to do with the fact that in Bible times, most of the houses were made out of mud bricks, and uh, that they would just basically dig a hole in the side of the house. They'd use a shovel or pick or whatever to get in, and, and it was relatively easy to get into the house. Of course, in our society today, we, we've gone to great lengths to try and, and secure our houses and businesses, right, to try and keep ourselves protected from thieves. Uh, growing up out in the country in Iowa, I don't ever remember locking our doors, uh, but today we lock everything, right? Because people could steal it. We, we don't trust people. I remember a couple years ago out here, there was people breaking into houses, and uh, a few people uh, in our church even, and they and everybody was scared, you know, I, I hope they don't break into my house. And, and you know, that, it, that that is a scary thing. But here Jesus is saying, you know, no matter the, what happens to, to our stuff, to the things here on this earth, in the big picture, it's not the, a big deal if your, your treasure is, is truly heaven stuff. Okay, this stuff it, in this world is nothing. Jesus is saying, store up heavenly treasures, not earthly treasures. But what does that mean? Uh, we say that word, er, heavenly treasures. I would define heavenly treasures as this. Everything related to expanding the kingdom of heaven. That's on your bulletins if you want to write that. Everything related to expanding the kingdom of heaven. The truth is that everything we should do, we do, should have the big picture of helping expand the kingdom. As a church, we need to be all about kingdom expansion. Okay, the money you give to Fur Road is ultimately for the purpose of expanding the kingdom. All of the things that we do, it has to be about that. 
I think our time. We need to have a, a, a mindset. Uh, am I using all my time to just do stuff that's not that important in the big picture? Okay, our, our time helps store up treasures in heaven. Um, ultimately, if, if your, your time is never about kingdom expansion, then I think we're probably wasting a lot of time. And, and uh, we have a very limited amount of time, like I talked about on that, that line. And I think sometimes... Someday God is going to ask a lot of people, you know, why did you spend so much time doing all these things that really weren't that important? And then he's going to look at our money that we spend. He's going to say, why did you spend so much money on these things that really aren't important? Because look at verse 21 again. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now I forget, have I mentioned the heart at all in this series? Yeah. You better say yes. It's every week, right? And, but I do that because Jesus talks about it all the time. In fact, the, the Sermon on the Mount should probably have been called the Sermon on the Heart because Jesus brings everything back to the heart. It's all about the heart. I love being on the water. Uh, and, and there's just something to me about being in a boat, just spending time on water. Uh, I grew up being lake people. And and a couple years ago, I um, my dad gave me his old boat. It's a 25-year-old Bayliner and still plugging away for now. Uh, you can definitely tell it's on its downside of life. But um, we've gone down to Beaver Lake several times in the last couple of years. We like that lake. It's really clean. Um, but when I go down there, I can't help but notice some of the boats down there, and uh, boats that are in the, you know, three hundred to five hundred thousand dollar category or more. You know, sometimes I'll look them up and just see, you know, what, I don't know what that boat costs. And I don't know. Just this passage seems appropriate. There, you know, for where your treasure is, there your your heart will be also. But here's the thing: don't think that because you don't have that kind of money that you're you're off the hook here. It's not for everybody else that, that this passage is. The most likely case for most of us is that, you know, I have just a little bit of money, and, and so it's my money, and so I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to hold tightly onto it because I, I earned this. I worked hard for this money. And Jesus says, no, you know what? You're, you're treasuring the wrong things. Then moving on to the next section, Jesus talks about light and darkness in relation to our eyes. Verse 22 and 23 again says, uh, the, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. If you think about the, the physical eyeball that we have, uh, it is such an incredible part of the body. I think it's one of the coolest proofs that God made us because it is so intricate, so many things about it. The eyes are the most complex organs you possess, except for your brains. Uh, your eyes are they're com composed of more than 2 million working parts. Your eyes can process 36,000 bits of information every hour. Under the right conditions, your eyes can discern the light of a candle at a distance of 14 miles. Your eyes contribute towards 85% of your total knowledge. They utilize 65% of all the pathways to the brain. 
Your eyes can instantaneously set in motion hundreds of muscles and organs in your body. And in a normal lifespan, your eyes will bring you almost 24 million images of the world around you. The eye is the only part of the human body that can function at 100% ability at any moment, day or night, without rest. Your eyelids need rest. The external muscles of your eyes need rest. The lubrication of your eyes requires replenishment. But your eyes themselves never need rest. Isn't it an incredible thing that God made? So I, I have noticed that some reason my eyes, the fine print is getting a lot smaller these days. I don't know uh, what's going on with that, but mine is better than Holly, so she she's fine if like you hold it out here and then yeah. But one of the the things that the eye does is is to adjust to how much light is available, and if the the light is really bright or our, our pupils get smaller to, to keep out some of the light. And, and if it's pretty dark, our pupils get bigger to use whatever light is available. So if your eyes are working properly, they do an amazing job of, of helping you to see according to the light that's available. And so spiritually speaking, as we pull this picture in, you know, light and darkness is one of the most used analogies in the Bible. There's, it's used all the time. In this context, if, if you are focusing on the right things, if you're treasuring the right things, then your, your life is full of the light of Christ. Okay? Your, your spiritual eyes are, are lighting up your bodies. And, and if you, your focus is on eternal things, heavenly things, then, then you're shining with God's light. I often say that new Christians, they have the Jesus shine to them, don't they? You can just see, oh man, there's something different about that person. But if your focus is on temporary things and clinging to the things of this world, then it says you're full of darkness. And, and this sounds kind of harsh, but Jesus didn't mess around here. He, he was tired of, of people focusing on the wrong things. And, and so then he finishes this passage by, by making a, a direct and to-the-point element to tie it all together. Verse 24, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Jesus knows us pretty well, doesn't he? Okay? He knows that, that we tend to be a little wishy-washy in our faith. And he knows that we tend to, to split our allegiances between God and the world. We tend to ride the fence a little bit. And he says, no, guys, that's, you can't do that. The word translated money here is translated mammon in the King James Version. And it's basically just referring to, to riches or material wealth. And uh, riches of this world, they can't just can't be the most important thing to you. And also have God be the most important thing to you. He says it doesn't, doesn't work that way. And Jesus doesn't mince words. When you're putting other things before God, by your actions, it's saying you actually hate God. Well, that's a little extreme, isn't it? Come on. I, I mean, I don't really hate God. I just have other things that, that are more important right now, and, and, and I'll get back to God later. Jesus said, no, it's not the way it works. In the book of Luke, Jesus told what's known as uh, the parable of the shrewd manager. And at the end of the parable, he made this very st same statement that we have here. But there's a couple verses added to the end of that parable that I think give us some insight into our passage. Luke 16, 13 through 15, 
Let me read that first. Uh, verse for, uh, I guess just 13 first. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he, he will be devoted to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Okay, that's the same as what we just heard. But then Luke adds the, the following two verses. The Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all these things, and they ridiculed him. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men. But God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. There it is, there it is the key there. They wanted to look good before men. But God knew their hearts. They, they treasured the wrong things. They were treasuring temporary, not eternal things. And it's an abomination in the sight of God, it says. It's not just God kind of frowning on it. No, it's an abomination. The dictionary defines an abomination as an intense aversion or loathing. God intensely loathes it when people pretend that they are sold out for him, but it's really just a show. People, this is not something to mess around with. Where your treasure is shows where your heart is. So what, what do we do about this? Let me give you just a few action steps to be thinking about this week. First action step, do a self-inventory check. Is there anything in your life that has, has become more important to you than God? Be honest. Have your kids' activities become your number one focus? see it happen a lot has your job become the number one thing you just got to get ahead in job and you just don't really have time for for god right now has your hobby just started to consume your lives like i've worked towards this and now i'm just going to spend all my time on this hobby it's a good idea to look at your budget how much of it can be tied to expanding the kingdom and how much of it is about just a, a focus on earthly things and yes, you have to pay your bills, and, and you have to live. And, but beyond that, what's your focus? And, and I don't think God is saying that you can never do anything fun or never spend any money on yourself. Or uh, That's not what this is about. It's about your, your primary focus. Is it clear that your number one focus is God? Second thing to think about, invest in people, not things. As we talked about, things are going to fade away. You can't take your stuff with you. And, and your kids probably don't want most of your stuff, okay? So, so just take care of it now so they don't have to. I think I heard a few amens out there on that one. There, there's the, the TV show American Pickers. And, and uh, they pride themselves on finding this old stuff, junk, that, you know, basically that... Uh, they, they call it rusty gold. And, and, and I watch that sometimes, and they pull this thing out of the, an old shed, and, and they get all excited. Oh, this is the, the frame from this old motorcycle from 50 years ago. This thing's worth so much money. I'm like, well, it's falling apart piece of junk. But they, they, they like it. And, but what, what I often see on that show is there's kids of, parents who had all this stuff and now they're trying to, to sell off their, their parents' stuff because their parents aren't around anymore. Um, one of the best things to invest in is not stuff. It, it, it's people. Helping further the kingdom of God by doing your part 
to help people know Jesus. Love on people. Spread the love of Jesus. Okay, that's eternal investment there. You can't go wrong with that. And then lastly, stay focused on God. Stay focused on God. All of us have the potential to lose our focus on God. Just because you're focused at one time doesn't mean you you always be focused on God. And in the world, it just tends to distract us. It just happens. In fact, if you are truly focused on God, you really don't have to worry about where your treasures are because it's kind of a natural outgrowth of, of who you are. So keep that focus on God. And I'll say it again to close today. It's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will help us to stay focused on the right things. And if there are things in our lives that have have started to take precedence over you, I pray that we will realize that and get things back in the right order. I know there's been times in my life when I've been guilty of that, Lord. I'm thankful that you're patient with us, that you're willing to forgive us, but I, I just pray that every one of us will treasure heavenly things and not earthly things. We love you so much, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen.